What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 67 of the Steam Deck Podcast, Lipscreen Games' weekly gaming podcast all about Valve's portable PC powerhouse, the Steam Deck. I'm your host, Pete and Messi, joined, as always, by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Max Wright. Ahoy, ahoy. I almost called you Steve, Pete. How are you? Are you doing good? <laughs> I'm doing good. I think we both have Steve on the mind because... I've always uh, got Steve on the mind. Of course. I always have him on the mind, right? One of my, one of my dearest friends, an absolute cutie pie. Um, but of course, uh, he unfortunately is missing the show this week uh, due to some some personal stuff. So if you are a member of our Discord, uh, make sure you show him some love. And uh, we have a big week this week. So it is unfortunate he will not be here to weigh in. Yeah, but you and I have done our homework. Week. We're ready to we go. Have. You know, I've really had to swat up. So the thing, the thing about Steve is that this is just stuff that he just knows and picks up, and like this stuff just rolls off for him. Uh, whereas you and I had to like dedicate time to swatting up. We took, we took, you know, half the show each. We went away. We had to do some reading. We had to do some research. I've written more than I've written. Yeah, I mean, since I, you know, since I stopped writing for a living. Um, to, to, you know, to part the curtain, right? If you uh, don't listen to our other shows, right? Like I, that's I usually take the responsibility to put the, those shows together. This is the one where I can kind of put my feet up, and Steve's like, I have all the, I brought all the knowledge to the table. All you mm-hmm. got to do is is walk us through it, right? That's. It's easy, right? But yeah, to your to your point, this week we went and did uh, we went and did our homework, and uh, we have uh, two court cases that have been dropped in yeah. Valve's lap uh, <laughs> that we've got to talk about this week. Uh, the first is going to be well, I guess one's not uh, a, a Valve court case, but it's related to the OLED Steam Deck. Yes, right? We've got yes, uh, BOE versus Samsung, and uh, we're going to talk all about that and why those two screen manufacturers are going at it and what it means for you as an OLED Steam Deck owner, or maybe someone who's thinking about picking one up. Uh, And then after that, we're going to have to jump into the conversation around what is going on with the godfather himself, Gabe Newell, being forced to come back to the United States as part of a class action lawsuit uh, against Valve uh, being started by um, Wolffire Games, who's an independent studio um, that is uh, looking to to take a swing at Valve for the way that they uh, handle the PC games marketplace. So lots to talk about this week. Yeah. It's, it's definitely going to be a juicy one. We're going to start things off with the uh, Samsung and BOE of it all because yes. that's, that story's hot. We obviously you know, have the OLED Steam Deck on the mind. And I think uh, something that a lot of people have been talking about in the last you know, week and change uh, since they've started getting their hands on those OLED Steam Decks are dead pixels mm-hmm. and that depending on if you have a boe screen or a samsung screen on on your device uh the amount of dead pixels that you might be experiencing so yeah this kind of reminds me of back in the day uh people would get their 3ds their new 3ds's um and you know you either got lucky and you got one type of screen or you got another type of screen and then people were like you know ravenously hoping to try and get this one type of screen I, it's not something i ever really understood and uh this this time again it sort of had to be explained to me um i, I put this was sort of first brought to my attention by team linux zero, team linux zero one in the discord um he was saying about when he first got his deck that there was sort of like edging um on the yeah the text and stuff on, on the sort of bits of the screen there was like each pixel had like a magenta side and a green side and, and he was sort of showing us pictures and stuff and it's not something i had really noticed um but then sort of lo and behold on reddit people were sort of coming in drove say oh i've got this or i've noticed this and it's actually been sort of picked up and there's actually been quite a lot uh, of chatter so um 
basically your Steam Deck OLED has come out and there's two different displays you could possibly have. You can either have the BOE OLED screen or you can have the Samsung OLED screen. Um, in theory, these two should sort of function exactly the same, but I think people are sort of noticing that that there are some issues with the BOE screens that the Samsung screens aren't having. Not just not just the um, dead pixels that you mentioned earlier, Pete, which, which does seem to be, we'll, we'll touch on that a bit later about why that seems to be more of an issue uh, for some people than others. Um, but... Yeah, it's, this, it's just this edging of the screen. And I'm, I'm just going to read here um, from the, an article from Dexerto um, that's been put together by Joel Loins. Um, so he writes here, subpixels in displays are um, effectively gaps that have been plugged in by another color. Uh, this allows manufacturers to increase the pixel density and create a high-resolution display. Uh, OLED also stretches out or shrinks its different colors as these panels can lose their vibrancy as time goes on. So basically... Um, um, yeah, that there's sort of the pixels and then the sub pixels that sort of allows you to have you know a lot more going on on the screen. Um, but some users are reporting a green fringe around certain on-screen elements like text. I think a lot of it is white text, where you can sort of see the the edge where 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 it's so white, right. you see and colors on the edge. We talked briefly um, about that last week as well, and I yes. think that was what Team Linux had had initially brought up, right? And I, yes. I remember Steve yeah. uh, asking me if I could see it on mine, and and I was uh, not not able to catch it. No, yeah, I, th- I, th- I do think it's um, one of those things that you, you know, Lock you're sensitive draw. to it. Yeah, yeah, but also like you could be like, like Team Linux was saying that he's sensitive to these sorts of things. He notices sure. these things, and there are some things as well, like um, the the power going through the screen sometimes can make like a light flicker that some people don't notice. Some people do, um, but but yeah, um, Joel continues to say that some users are reporting a green fringe around certain on-screen elements like text. This happens when subpixels begin to essentially leak into places depending on their arrangement. Uh, while examining Samsung panel hasn't revealed anything out of place, the BOE panel has been highlighted for causing this. So basically what's happening here is that um, people's Steam decks are having sort of like this bleeding between the subpixels and the main pixels. This right. is where we're going to have people commenting saying we're, we're wrong. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning on the job. Um, <laughs> but it look, only... look we, can't, we can't be experts about everything. Exactly. Right? Like... <laughs> exactly. We, can, we can only try. Um, but, but this is only happening in the BOE displays. Um, right. Also, it's important to mention that it's, it doesn't really affect like gaming so much. It's sort of like you know you have to be looking at, like a static, you know, white image basically to be able to sort of see these things. But it is still something that that um, that that is it is a can be a problem. And also, like it says here, that with OLED um, panels can lose their vibrancy as time goes on. So these you know these so this things could can, get worse. This could get worse. It could change. You know, obviously we know about. Um, burning and things like that. I don't know how that sort of stuff affects it. And, then, and there's also the possibility, right, that um, the report says here, as it stands, right, some users are experiencing this, but who's to say that this won't become a more prevalent problem over time as the screen yeah, degrade? You know, we, we don't know, right? It, it's it, uh, it could be something that is disproportionately affecting some users, and if you're unlucky enough to be one of those people, that, that sucks, and Absolutely. that's the end of it. But this is a thing that, I mean, it, it, this could be you know the uh this screen's equivalent of like the um joy-con drift where it's like over mm-hmm. the years we're like oh okay this is yeah this is a st- systemic problem rather than an isolated incident yes i i think that um yes yeah, so it's only going to be a small amount of users that are going to be seeing these things i've i've, I've made a note here of, of saying that we need to remember that all consumer project projects have a margin of error you know generally about five percent uh Right. 95% of people that have perfect decks aren't going onto Reddit and saying, I've got something wrong with my Steam Deck. Um, which, again, is like, you know, you can look at 
uh, the dead pixel issue, for example, you can go on Reddit and think, oh my God, all of these Steam Decks have got dead pixels. That's, that's really awful. But no, it's just the sort of number of people. And let's say they sell a million Steam Decks over the course of however long, 5% of that. I did have, I did know the BAFTA earlier. I've forgotten it now, but it's, just, it's such a tiny number. You know, it's just the, the, the people that are yeah. talking the loudest about it are those people. It's like you um, said, right? There, uh, there, there's always going to be a vocal minority of, of people who are dissatisfied, mm -hmm. right? Because if you're one of the folks who are, and this, this happens with any product, right? You see it on like, I don't know, like reviews on like Target or Amazon or something where it's like someone's at one star, it didn't show up with all the pieces, right? And it's like, yeah, exactly. that sucks for you, but how likely is that to happen to any person who buys this product? Probably yeah. not very likely, but if you're one of that 5%, it's going to leave a sour taste in your mouth and you're going to want to go to a place like Reddit or whatever and, and commiserate yeah. with folks okay. and see whether Everybody or not you're the only one dealing with this. Yeah, you know? I think some, people, some people like to warn, some people like to moan, you know, there's all sorts of reasons. Um, but yeah, so so the the general gist of this is that there are people who who think that the BOE displays are worse performing, or that they're sort of worse displays, or that they're the ones that are causing problems. Now, interestingly enough, a lot of the um, Steam decks that seem to have these BOE displays are the limited edition one terabyte OLED mm -hmm. device. Um, we'll get onto why that could be a bit later on. Where I've I've sort of done some some theorizing down there. Um, but yeah, it does seem like people are are getting their decks and that uh, you can check using a console command, which um, I'm going to get Pete to put in the show notes, a link to the Reddit thing uh, thread where you can get the command, put it in. I've checked mine because I did get an OLED just to, woo, uh, did finally That's get right, one That's right, he did after, it. He's in one of us. After weeks of arguing with myself, I did eventually, <laughs> so now we all have one. But yeah, so did me, you me do it Steve, while you were on the stag? Were you drunk? No, and, no, no. no. <laughs> so I you tried. came back with a I clear head and bought it. No, no, because I did try. It didn't happen. It didn't work. Um, and then it, it, I, I said to Kat, I was, like, oh, I watched just watch this. Sorry, I said to my my girlfriend, oh, I've just watched a video about the OLED. It seems really cool. Like it'd be quite nice to have one. She was like, well, why don't you just get yourself one? And like I hadn't even finished that sentence, and I'd already gone through and bought it. So, okay. Um, yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, you know, now you now you said that. Needed the, you have to... needed the tiniest. Yeah, like, yeah, just, just a little. She prod. cracked the window and you jumped through it head first. <laughs> Um, but so yeah, so me and Steve both have our OLEDs and we both have Samsung displays. Uh, Pete, you have a limited edition and I assume you have a BOE display, right? I do. Yeah, uh, cool. I, I did go and um, and check it out. And uh, I am one of the lucky folks. I don't have any dead pixels. Mm -hmm. um, my, my uh, you know, eye test last week where I was like, I'm trying to stare right at it. Maybe I see it at this angle. I don't know. No, nah, I'm good. You know, um, so I, I'm one of the lucky folks. As a, a limited edition sort of buyer, you know, we we all we know that you had your struggles, you finally got one, you were so elated, you burst the eardrums of every listener when you when you finally <laughs> got through to that. How do you feel knowing that, you know, your special edition, very limited, not very limited, they're only really sold out earlier this week, but still your, you know, the device that's supposed to be the special, the best one cut above everything else, that that seems to be the one that has the sort of quote unquote worst display because just because of for reasons we'll get into later, but still, like, how do you feel about that? That while me and Steve have our like basic bitch normie what, <laughs> five twelve gigabyte editions, I assume that's what Steve's got. That you've got, you know, you, you've sort of been stuck with something that is potentially inferior. Like, well, you know, what, what do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I when I first saw this story, I was initially like, oh no, like, like of course, right? Of course, I went out of my way to get this thing, and then there's going to be some problem with it or whatever. And um, once I ran the screen test and was like, okay, like I, I seem to be okay, right? Um, now it's kind of the waiting game, 
right? So it's like today, right? Like um, in the, so I'm still in this, you know, initial two, three week window, right? Of, of getting the thing and I've had no problems with it. Then mm-hmm. it's, you know, fine, right? Because, you know, I think the differences that seem to be there, um, you know, are fairly limited in their scope, right? Like you said, right? It's if you have this problem, and you're in this specific circumstance, it's going to be pretty noticeable. And otherwise, it's not an issue. So it's like, okay, since I don't, I'm not part of that 5% who's being affected by this problem, you know, ostensibly, there doesn't seem to be much difference, right? Between the experience that you and I are having now, I think the question is, in six months, in a year from now, yeah, is there degradation of these screens in particular that leads to these problems? Am I going to be reporting dead pixels in a couple months or something like that? And I think at that point, you know, my feelings on it are going to be really tied to how Valve handles the situation. Of course, yeah. You know, because I think if it is just kind of like, you know, hey, it is what it is, right? Like this ended up being a problem and it, affects 100% of users at some point or, you know, 60 or, you know, enough that they need to do something about it, right? Um, And I'm able to get it fixed. Like, yeah, I mean, that will certainly be um, a a massive inconvenience and a frustration, but Mm -hmm. um, something that, you know, like you said, right, there's a margin of error with every product. So it's like, as long as they make right by the consumers who have been negatively impacted, I think it's at worst an inconvenience and you know that how much you're bothered by that is I think going to depend on how impacted you were by it and how much of an effort it took for you to get it fixed. Right. Whereas if you know um, their kind of party line is, Hey, like stuff has a 5% fail rate. And if you're one of those people like you're SOL, I think that that is not a great look. And I think that that is definitely something that, if I was one of those people, I would be very upset, right? I feel like the the RMA system of, you know, you know, you have a year or, you know, 40 goods, yada, yada. That is specifically meant for those five, you know, there's 5% of people that have those problems. So I, I, I feel like that's not going to be the issue there. And, and um, I do feel like this is a problem that um, maybe maybe uh, Valve had their, their hand forced a little bit in this situation or... What actually I think is going to be the case, and we'll quickly move on to the next bit, is I actually have a, a theory that this isn't like a, a Valve has specifically chosen this for this and this for that. You know, it seems like originally every Steam Deck OLED was supposed to have a BOE screen. Um, you know, it, it seems like BOE was the chosen partner for the for the OLED. Let, let's move into this now. Yeah, yeah. T- so, talk to me about this because this is something so this, where I've heard about the, the pixels, right? I, mm-hmm. I knew about about this issue. This is news to me. So t- tell me what's going on here with Samsung and BOE. So Samsung ha- is suing BOE, basically. Essentially. This came to my um, knowledge, you know, this week when this whole thing was coming out. And I originally thought that it was, you know, I was like, wow, like they must have really been upset by the Steam Deck. I, I, I didn't quite really understand what's going on. Um, and I was hoping Steve would explain it to me, but I then had to look it up myself. <laughs> but I had to um, do it myself. I had to do it myself. Sometimes you've just got to do it yourself, haven't you? Yeah. Um, so it turns out, actually, this lawsuit was actually filed back in June uh, by Samsung, who had claimed that BOE had infringed on its patents for OLED display components and modules. Um, basically, they were cloning the technology that they developed for OLED uh, and releasing essentially cloned products. Um, you know, I, I think that um, 
some of the devices, for example, that they worked on, uh, Samsung worked on like the Apple Watch OLED displays, the iPhone OLED displays, um, and uh, BOE were essentially sort of cloning those things and, and doing things with it. So and selling selling them for in cheaper and, technology, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, undercutting the price quite a lot. Um, it's worth mentioning that that um, BOE used to provide all of the um, the displays for um, the the LCD deck. So the original LCD deck, okay, were all BOE displays. Every single one of them was it was a BOE display. There was, um, you know, there weren't really many issues with that at all. So it's not like BOE are somehow inferior displays. Um, this seems the, to be an issue with this specific. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Now, um, the court trial isn't due actually until to start until January twenty twenty four. But the fact that it sort of started in June and it was not going on until twenty twenty four, like you know, how has that affected the Steam Deck? Why are Steam Deck users so affected? So, it seems like Samsung and BOE were both in consideration to supply OLED panels to Valve, um, as we already know. BOE already provided them, uh, the LCD model. So it's a good chance that BOE is going to continue to do it. But part of Valve's, uh, sorry, part of Samsung's lawsuit has stopped BOE or stopped American companies from selling uh, products that include these these cloned BOE screens. Um, or they've sort of basically put a freeze on BOE selling these products that have these cloned screens uh i don't know if it's just yeah, in american territories but but yeah it seems like yeah because of the ongoing lawsuit yeah. they've stopped being able to do this is, and is that is that a stipulation of the lawsuit or is that okay that samsung has basically sort of said like oh okay. you know they need to stop selling these until we get this sorted out they're not allowed to sell these or, or you know american companies aren't allowed to do this or you know there's, okay. there's you know there's been some some uh you know, until it's all sorted out that's the case right that's interesting because I, I was gonna say i wonder if it's if it's uh that Samsung's suit forces them to do that, or if BOE has made the decision to suspend business because if they're found to be oh no 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 because well because think about it if they if they're found to be guilty right how much they're charged is going to be proportional to the amount of business that they do yeah that's so true like, I mean, it could be a bit of both could be a bit of both right? it could be Samsung like, okay. going stop doing it here and BOE have gone well let's just stop doing it everywhere but um maybe yeah, yeah so so my theory here is that that you know. OLED's been in development for some time. I assume that they'd started putting these things together before June, you know, uh, before this lawsuit first came in. So they were probably somewhat of the way into production. If they were working on the LE, uh, limited edition devices first, sort of like your one, and they had these, these this stack of BOE screens, there is a good chance that the, the uh, lawsuit comes in, they have to stop making them. Valve has to get these screens. And who makes these screens? Samsung do. So I think Samsung has come in and said, look, we'll fulfill the rest of this for you um, because there's nowhere else really for them to go, maybe. Um, so yeah. Forcing Valve's hand a little bit to go with Samsung, um, which is why all of the limited editions seem to have these BOE displays and why then it's a bit more potluck as you get in towards the things, uh, the, you know, the, the standard ones and why a lot of the standard ones seem to just be all Samsung. Um, it makes sense when you think about it too, right? Because Valve did say ahead of time that they had created the entire run of the limited editions mm -hmm. in advance right so they were probably just printed earlier like mm -hmm. maybe earlier this year before the lawsuit yeah. um you know happened or before it was uh before business was actively halted yes. right and yeah that that seems to be the case i guess I it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because you got to mm -hmm. imagine if you know if boe is found to not be in violation and they're able to move forward that will probably go back to working with them since they're probably cheaper, right? But... Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think at least until this court case is over, and if I know corporate, you know, court cases, this is gonna this is gonna be a you know, a little while. Yeah, it'll probably be um, at least a year, right? Yeah. So I think sort of any Steam Deck 
bought from sort of now onwards, OLED specifically, you're probably going to be getting Samsung screens. Um, and yeah, so I feel like this is going to be like an early adopters curse, you know, like people that got the limited edition or adopted early yep. are going to have the BOE displays. But that's not because Valve had cheaped out or it's not because BOE were making intentionally inferior products. It could just be that there was a, a, some, a problem with that specific line and because of reasons that are out of everyone's control except Samsung's that they're not making that, you know, providing that screen anymore. So, you know, I think it's just like a, a series of coincidences or like, you know, it's just a timing thing, really. I'm sure Steve's probably listening to this back, not that he ever does, screaming, no, that's wrong. You've missed this key thing. You've missed this key I bit think, of evidence. I think you, I think you did my, play it. It sounds like you got it. That's my deduction of it, right? I think you nailed it, you know? I think and if I you didn't, did. everybody, comment Max in the comments. You know, I would love um, to know what I've missed or what I've got wrong here because I am very interested. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's it. I think so now I think we have a good idea of what this this problem is. Um, and it could even be that, you know, if there are huge problems with the BOE ones, it's simply a case of of RMA. Uh, the, I know that the OLED model is easier to replace the screen. You don't have to take the whole thing apart. That's true. So they're probably more likely to be able to replace them rather than just send out straight out replacements. And especially because it's a limited edition, it's going to be harder to get they'll replacements. So they're going to be, yeah, yeah, they'll have to. Um, so you could even be that, you know, you end up getting Samsung displays anyway. Um, yeah. But it could also all sort out um, and some, you know, the, the, lawsuit gets thrown out or sorted or whatever and then everyone gets boe and maybe those of us that have the samsung ones now we're just lucky who knows we don't know it's, it's impossible to to tell with these sorts of things um especially when there's court court cases involved but but yeah there we go i hope that's been informative to everyone um I learned and, some stuff, max thank you so yeah, much look good, at you, you did, buddy great job everybody round of, round of applause, <laughs> round of applause max. why don't you uh, show your homework to us now, Pete. Great. Um, okay. I'll, I'll, so in my essay, I'm going to talk about how <laughs> Valve boss Gabe Newell has been ordered to appear in U.S. court as part of an ongoing antitrust lawsuit filed by One Wolf Fire Games. Before we get to that, do you have any housekeeping to do? Because I realized I didn't. Uh, I realized that we, I've not given you space for housekeeping. Um, you know what, Max? We... You know what, Max? I'll take the opportunity. We're going to talk cool. about that story in just a second. But before we do that, let me remind you that this episode of Steam Deck Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of December. They are, of course, Arnold J. Rimmer, Christopher Valenz, Earth Visitor, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Asobi, Snackigo, Steve Stompy, Ty the Dude, and Wakahula. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon.com slash games. You're all the reals to the real, and we greatly appreciate your support of this and all of our sister shows. Remember, if you want to go above and beyond and show your support just like they did, you can head over to flipscreen.games. That's our website where you will find links to our Patreon, our Discord if you want to keep the conversation rolling between episodes, or you could write in and be a part of the Steam docket and get your thoughts, questions, and opinions read on the air. However you choose to get involved or show your support, thank you for being a member of the Flipscreen Games community and tuning in for this week's episode of the Steam Deck Podcast. All right, let's get into my my essay here, Max, because the the story has broken uh, about uh, late last week, right? That one Gabe Newell will be forced to now give an in person deposition in the United States as part of an ongoing antitrust lawsuit against Valve that has been started by the end of indie developer Wolfire Games, who is I would say probably best known for their three D action adventure fighter Overgrowth. Mm -hmm. uh, game you and I were both familiar with. It's a game that I remember being hot, kind of in the early days of early access on Steam. You know, it was yeah, it was the real like 
horny rabbit game like those those rabbits it was, were, it's like, like they they were like humanoid rabbit heads with very humanoid bodies and it was yeah. this very like uh very very technical action yeah yeah fighter. it was really like kangaroo they would sort of jump around yeah and, like, and you, you controlled like every foot. limb with a different mm-hmm. button so it was, yeah, it was very, really very... really cool yeah it was a fun game for sure yeah it really was uh so the the kind of the, the newest wrinkle here, right, is that Gabe is is going to be forced to come to the United States. If you don't know, Gabe has been living in New Zealand for the last several years. And um, Wolfire had filed an order earlier this month to uh, basically try to force Gabe to come in person because he has uh, made multi he had made a request to have a remote deposition. Because he uh, is is claiming that there's an issue of a health concern for him, right? That he he has said in his own word that he has structured his life to minimize exposure to possible COVID nineteen transmission. And Wolfire has basically pushed back on that and said that there's insubstantial evidence to suggest that he is uh, at particularated risk of serious illness, and that they want him there in person because he is quote uniquely positioned to testify on all aspects of Valve's business strategy. And the company wants to quote adequately assess Newell's credibility. They're going in. They're going hard. Yeah, yeah, they they are. And I think, you know, I think there has definitely been. I've seen reactions from folks who have kind of been like, "Why are they going this hard?" And this seems like a little overly aggressive. And to mm-hmm. dismiss his health concerns, you know, um, are is is like not a cool thing to do. And let, let let him let me cook for a little bit, right? Because I, I we're gonna we're gonna hear from from Wolffire themselves uh, why they feel that the action that they've taken is not only warranted but uh, something that they they feel is important that they do uh, not just for themselves but for the benefit of all indie developers that are publishing on Steam. So, um, you know, we'll we'll hear their side in a second here first right but to give you a little more background on the case just to to give you an idea of what's happening here and 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 the why of it uh the <clears throat> case was originally filed right they they brought this lawsuit against valve initially back in november of 2021 and i think the reason you probably haven't heard about it before now is that it was initially dismissed right they were able to refile with a new complaint in may of 2022 and as you uh, alluded to earlier, Max, right? Court cases take a long time to get moving. So the fact that we're, you know, almost a year later and, and we're finally getting some motion there uh, is not particularly surprising. Um, yeah. A little par for the course for this sort of thing. But the, you know, kind of baseline, right? Overall claim of the case is that Wolfire believes that Valve is uh, using their you know, and to use their word, dominance in in the PC games publishing market, right? Being the de facto place that people buy games on PC um, is is something that they have used to uh, take what they characterize as a, quote, extraordinarily high cut from nearly every sale that passes through its store, which exploits publishers and consumers alike. So that is them referring to the 30% cut that Valve takes from every mm-hmm. sale on the platform. So, you is know, that extraordinarily higher or is that not the industry standard? So, I mean, I think it is interesting because when you compare it to obviously their most direct competitor at Epic, it's quite a bit higher, right? And I, you know, say what you will about the Epic Game Store. I know that there are 
uh, a lot of Steam fans that do not like the Epic Games Store and, and uh, you know, perhaps even rightly so, right? I know that it obviously doesn't um, uh, perform as well as the Steam launcher. It has a lot of problems. Fair enough, right? That said, uh, Epic takes a 12% cut on game okay. sales, right? So significantly less. I mean, I guess Epic has the benefit of uh, not taking a not benefit, but they don't, they don't take a profit from the Epic Games Store. They haven't made a profit from the Epic Games Store, and I guess right. maybe they've got their fingers in so many pies. Whereas Valve just does Steam now, really, other, other than the Steam Deck, you know, which is which is a relatively new venture. They sort of they don't really make games that much anymore. They they are they own Steam. They do Steam. Um, you might be right. You, you know, they they could they could cut down to twelve percent and still make money. I don't really know the specifics of it, but um, so- Epic. You know, make makes most of their money on on the engine, right? Unreal Engine. Sure. Yeah. Well, and and Fortnite, right? And the games. Yeah. They yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I do also want to uh, give a little bit more context because you did ask, like, what um <clears throat> what the other storefronts percentages are, right? And on console, thirty does does seem to be the standard, right? Across okay. PlayStation, Nintendo, and Xbox. Uh. Apparently, from Xbox's uh, court documents that that leaked, right? Oh, and there was yeah. a million stories back there uh, that came out of it. They did actually talk about reducing it, but it's not something that they've ever actually done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there's an argument to be made, right? And again, I want to fairly present both sides here. There's an argument to be made that what Valve's doing is not out. You know, it's par for the course, right? This is this is the cut that storefronts take, and this is what developers have come to expect, right? So I think where it gets interesting is back in 2021 uh, when Wolf Fire was preparing their initial lawsuit, right? This, they, they posted this in May, right? So um, of 2021, they talked about another angle to what Valve does that they think is inappropriate and um, shows that they are leveraging their position as a market leader to try and, you know, corner the market and, and you know, create a, a monopoly of sorts, right? And I would like to read the blog post. It's not very long. It's a, it's a couple short paragraphs. And I think it's worth hearing from, uh, from Wolf Fire themselves so that I'm not paraphrasing. We've their- all got time for learning. We've all got time for We've learning. We've all got time for learning. I like that, Max. Okay, so this, this is uh, from, from David Rosen from Wolffire, so you know who's speaking. Dear gamers and game developers, I would like to explain why Wolffire Games is seeking to represent game developers in a class action lawsuit against Valve Corporation. I felt that I had no choice because I believe gamers and game developers are being harmed by Valve's conduct. While I am taking on significant personal risk, I am not doing this for personal gain. If there's any monetary recovery, it will be distributed to all developers and gamers in the class. I did not set out with the goal of suing Valve, but I have personally experienced the conduct described in the complaint. When new video game stores were opening that charged much lower commissions than Valve, like Epic, I decided that I would provide my game Overgrowth, the game we mentioned earlier, at a lower price to take advantage of the lower commission rates. I intended to write a blog post about the results. But when I asked Valve about this plan, they replied that they would remove overgrowth from Steam if I allowed it to be sold at a lower price anywhere, even from my own website without Steam keys and without Steam's DRM. This would make it impossible for me or any game developer to determine whether or not Steam is earning their commission. 
I believe that other developers who were who charged lower prices on other stores have been contacted by Valve, telling them that their games will be removed from Steam if they do not raise their prices on competing stores. While nobody, <clears throat> excuse me, while talking to other developers about problems that they were having with Steam, they kept referring to it as a quote unquote monopoly and saying that there was nothing that we could do. I wondered, has anyone actually checked if Valve is obeying antitrust law? So I consulted with legal experts, which eventually culminated in the complaint. As the dominant platform, when developers list their games on multiple PC stores, the majority of their sales will come through Steam. I believe this makes most developers afraid that if they don't sell on Steam, they will lose the majority of their revenue. To those developers, avoiding Steam would add unacceptable risk to the already high risk of game development in general. I believe that most developers have little or no choice but to sell on Steam and do as they're told by Valve. I believe that businesses are free to do whatever they want within the law. However, once a company reaches a certain level of power over an entire market, the antitrust law forbids, or excuse me, antitrust laws forbid those companies from distorting competition. I believe that Valve is taking away gamers' freedom to choose how much extra they are willing to pay to use their platform. I believe they are taking away from competing stores' freedom to compete by taking advantage of their lower commission rates. I believe that they are taking away developers' freedom to use different pricing models. In my opinion, this is part of why all competing stores have failed. The suit insists that Valve stop interfering with pricing on other stores and allow gamers and developers to make their own decisions. And that's why I joined the lawsuit. Sincerely, David Rosen. Um, my two-word response to that is, fair fucks like i have i have no problem with any of what was said there i think it was put to put forward in a really um uh you know in a, in a, not in a way that what didn't seem too emotive it didn't seem like it was um using any sort of like exaggerated language or anything like that i think or that, that it, or that it feels like punitive like it's like mm. it's like um <clears throat> you know motivated by revenge or, or yeah. by anger right it's like yeah i, yeah. I I think you're right. I think he's laid out a fair case. And I think, I think anybody who's not a fanboy should be able to look at that practice and acknowledge that if, if uh, what David is claiming is happening to developers in the way that he's claiming, and we have no reason to believe otherwise, that's not cool. And it is predatory. And it is uh, something that I think, you know, is probably under the purview of of antitrust law, right? Because you shouldn't be uh, able to, you know, leverage your status as the market leader to dictate how people sell their their product on other platforms. Yeah. And to say that if you don't, if you don't, you know, um, if you don't give us the best deal, we're gonna revoke your right to use our our service, which is, you yeah. know more or less the de facto way people play games, right? And I think, you know, I think that there is, I think the one thing I'd push back on is that the argument that, you know, the reason that, or, or you know, that it's one of the primary reasons that competitor stores haven't been able to um, establish themselves is, is, is because of Valve's interference. I'm, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that that's not a factor, but I think that many of the people in our argument or in, in our audience, excuse me, would be quick to supply the argument that the reason that people don't like to use the Epic Game Store is that it, it's not as good as it's not as good as an experience as using the Steam Store. Right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. launcher is not as efficient. 
Um, it crashes. It takes longer to load games. It's it has a lot of problems, right? And I think anybody, and again, right, anybody who's not a fanboy, anybody who wants to just you know uh, try to look at the facts as they are, can acknowledge that that's the case, right? Mm-hmm. And that like you know, I think a lot of people take advantage of the Epic Store because you can get free games, right? Yeah. Or or you can play you know games that get exclusive releases over there on a timed window, and that's. Yeah. You know the vast majority of the reason people are going over there and playing games. absolutely yeah yeah or if, if the game happens to be that much cheaper over there for example i'll sort of like during a sale you know you can pick up on not that it happens very often but you know sometimes there are games that it's like oh this is having a really good sale on epic or <laughs> maybe that's why right not yeah, that happens yeah. very often maybe that's why yeah exactly <laughs> but uh i i think uh it's it's interesting i've always said that the sort of main reason i like playing pc games um is freedom it is you know, I can if I if I want to treat my PC like a console, I can treat it like a console. If I want to um, buy games from this store, that store, find the best deal, I can. You don't have that on console. You don't have the option of 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 uh, going elsewhere and and getting the codes or how you know being able to buy it from somewhere else. And I think it's interesting that PC gamers are somehow so against something as you know um, you know not going somewhere that isn't Steam. You know. Everything has to be in Steam. Everything has to be owned by Steam. And while I admit that I do like having things in Steam because now there is hardware that acts that way, the reason I don't, you know, uh, begrudge having to use the PlayStation Store is because PlayStation owns that store. If I want to play a PlayStation game, I have to use that. And on the Steam Deck, I do think that you know you have the the benefit now of Valve owns the software, Valve owns the hardware. They work really well together, and that's good. But I think for overall PC stuff, you shouldn't feel locked in uh or you shouldn't want to be locked into just to just one um and yeah and i mean yeah this show this shows the way that that's bad for the industry right Mm -hmm. because i think you know the argument with playstation um i think is is a is a salient one right where it's like yeah it makes sense that that's the problem but there is also the solution that if you know you like many indie developers feel like because there's there's literally you know um there was that whole conversation that just happened not that long ago, right? And PlayStation just has a lawsuit of their own going on over this, right? Over the the, the way that they were, their store practices with promoting independent games. Um, if you feel like PlayStation's offering you a raw deal, you can go over to Xbox, you can go over to Nintendo, mm-hmm. and you can go somewhere else and play ball there. But like, if you're a, a, an independent studio and your plan is to publish on PC, I, I think that what David's saying is right. You don't really have the option to not, Exactly. release your game on steam unless you get paid by epic i guess to do an exclusivity window mm-hmm. but then you are severely limiting the number of people that are going to play your game and if you're a small like a, a really small you know self-published studio um that doesn't have like a massive you know uh hype hit on their hands yeah. epic's not going to come over and pay you to put your game on their platform and not release it on steam right yeah so with that in mind um yeah i, I think it it's it's interesting because i think with playstation with xbox with nintendo right like it is easy to point at steam and be like why is this different and i i think to your point it is that pc is supposed to be more open than that you know and it is supposed to be a a a platform where you can make those decisions consumers have the freedom to make decisions that are best for them and you know ideally publishers developers should have the ability to make the decisions that are best for them and to have valve you know because they make a great product right 
and they, for a long time, were the only game in town because they saw the value that PC gaming had, and they more or less saved it, right? Like, the you can't understate how important Steam was oh, to reviving PC gaming, right? And I, and I think we all respect that, and I think the fact that they have the best storefront uh, is enough for them to maintain their space as the market leader. But the fact that they don't even want to entertain the idea of there being a Pepsi to their Coke yeah. is, you know, that that is uh, aggressive in a way that I think is harmful to developers and and to consumers. And I think that, you know, there's there's an argument to be made here that if, if that's what they're doing, um, there probably needs to be some some pressure from governments to make them stop. Yeah, it, it's one thing to to put uh certain things in place that affect your competition right in some ways if another company's trying to come and create a store it's one thing to prevent that but it's another thing to affect you know when it starts to affect the indie developers people that support and rely on you as you know to reach other customers through your platform i think that's a problem there and um yeah i do i, I mean i'm curious about how this goes um and i do think that it's good that while you know while i understand the health concerns it is good that maybe that you know they're sticking to their guns and saying no he should be in person here to discuss this with us um for one it gives us lots of juicy nice stuff to talk about but just just to sort of like maybe hear his side properly or hear Val's side properly um not to try and side with the big guy here um but it would be good to sort of hear where what you know what their actual response is going to be to this um yeah, yeah, because I, I think it's interesting because it, I think this is going to be probably a rare glimpse behind the curtain for a company that we we don't know a ton about their inner workings because they are so different and experimental. And I think because of that, we often give them this kind of like little guy street cred without really considering that they are a massive and very powerful company. Yes. And you know, that's, I think, deserved, right? Like, it is because they created the best product in the market and dominated for forever, and they're still dominating. So, like, you know, I think uh, there's something to be said for when you're on the top, right? Like, wanting to make sure that you are keeping the folks nipping at your heels in check. But I think when you start using that power to exert it over these smaller developers that really don't have any response to uh to you kind of strong arming them you know that's that's when you're moving into the gross corporate territory right that valve is supposed to be above right and we like to think that they're above and you know hopefully the response is a good one hopefully it is uh you know maybe it's it is a um you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how you respond to this in a way that isn't just owning what you did and moving mm -hmm. on from it. And I have a hard time believing that that's what they're going to do because that's not what corporations do when they're not exactly. pants down, right? They try and get yeah. away with it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But um, definitely a story we will keep you posted on as it yes. develops, right? It'll probably be a couple months at this point before we... really thought we were free of, of lawsuit talk. after Now that Xbox finally owns... Activision, I thought now, cool, come never to have to, now it's come to the the show I like to do. You know, I can't joking. get away. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just have to we'll wait and see. I think I feel like I did a lot of 
let we, I will have to wait and see in on flip screen games during that era. And now I'm going to have to do it a lot on the Steam Deck podcast. Um, get used to that every week, but we'll wait and see to see whether I do it every week. Now, now, now comes the barrage of Steam Deck Two when questions. Yeah, <laughs> can enter that era on this show too. Yeah, Steam Deck Pro, Steam Deck Pro when Steam Deck Pro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Max. So speaking of uh, impressions, we've got a couple of minutes left on the show here. Why don't you uh, give the kids a breakdown of your initial OLED impressions? You've had the thing for about a week, right? I no, get I've had the thing. I've had the thing for uh, twelve hours. Um, oh God. Okay. So a yeah, lot yeah, yeah. It arrived today. Um, so these are going to be off the top uh, things of stuff that I've noticed in the last twelve hours. I have used it quite a lot, but I've also been, you know working and you're doing other things so um uh, i did write a little list down it's noticeably lighter which at the beginning i was like oh is it you know is this going to be less robust is it be less quality but you no know, no it's going to be absolutely fine it's just lighter um, you know you get that weird thing in your head of like heavy means quality and that's why they just stick big chunks of metal inside <laughs> certain things um the touchscreen was immediately a huge improvement when i was using the keyboard and using desktop mode i was like wow this this is like using a an actual touchscreen and i'm not like using like an old um lg smartphone where you you physically have to depress the the plastic screen with a stylus to get it to work like it, it's working properly um also i feel like there's new haptics but i also maybe i just turned off the haptics on the old steam decks i was typing and i was like this feels different and the 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 thumb trackpads feel different as well i don't know if that's new or if that's even they stuff. are they are new okay, i remember good. steve pointed them out and i was like oh really and then i started using them and i was like oh my god like something mm. i noticed is like they're more sensitive and mm -hmm. like i think the um the like i don't even know how to like describe this but like the, the hot zone for it is is the entire uh like bit of it like i mm -hmm. i noticed that even on the very very edge of of the uh pad you can still use your digit and get that fine motor control. Mm -hmm. Whereas Steve and I commented that like on the old one, it would kind of feel like you'd be doing like one big swipe and then you'd stop and then do another big yeah, swipe. Yeah, yeah. And that was what you had to do to kind of get it across the screen. Whereas now, because you can kind of roll your whole thumb, you mm -hmm. can actually get a lot more fine motor control out of it. So yeah, yeah seems, it's definitely different. Definitely. Um, I'm, I'm quite interested. I was using the Chaki for deck and they've, They've sort of got the the haptics uh, running through the Steam Deck now. I'm curious whether they will feel any better with these new haptics, but I doubt it. It's probably just a rumble. Anyway, um, file transfer. I wanted to sort of move everything over from my old deck to my new deck, and I was looking up all sorts of different ways to do it software-wise. And I, eventually, I ended up just clearing some games off my SD card, putting my entire home folder on the SD card, and then just moving it over. It took about two hours, I'd say, um, but I ended up having to reinstall MU Deck. Um, as all the flat packs for certain of certain things like all the retro arc stuff, all of the DS, 3DS, all that sort of stuff. Um, any emulator that was a flat pack just didn't work, so I ended up just re resetting, re-downloading Emudeck. Works fine now. Uh, the screen's incredible. Um, I, you know, day one of the o the OG LCD Steam Deck, I was like, the one thing I would change is the screen. I wish it was a, you know, I'd had the OLED deck for about a year by that point, um, and I just, you know, didn't want to have to sort of go back to it and for that reason, the Steam Deck, sorry, the Switch has been my uh, indie system of choice for, you know, since it came out, really, because it's, you know, the form factor in the screen. And um, now I feel like because of the 90 hertz screen, because it's still an OLED and because, um, you know, 
you can guarantee performance on the Steam Deck versus on the Switch as well with some of these games. I feel like the OLED sure. Steam Deck is now going to be my sort of de facto go-to indie device, which uh, which is good um, because I love using this device. Um, what next? Uh, the faster download speeds are great. I downloaded Ori in the Blind Forest because uh, it's only one. It's one of the only games I had across the Steam Deck and uh, the Switch. Um, and by the time I'd got Ori downloaded on my new deck, it was only fifty percent of the way through on the original deck, and probably like less so on on the Switch. So, uh, dude, the, I the... I straight up cannot believe how much faster it is. Yeah. Um, Whoa. like I, I think I mentioned it last week, but like with Baldur's Gate three, like I, the first time I downloaded it, it took like a few hours. And like mm-hmm. this time I, uh, started downloading it and I put it down and was like, I'll start downloading it so I can play it tomorrow. And then it was like, I don't know, maybe, you know, one episode of TV or whatever goes by. And like, I hear the two and I'm like, Oh, what? It's already done. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like it's, it's a, really, fraction, really of a fraction of the amount of time. Um, and I I do wish that they had um, you know down, download in the background now so that I could sort of you know I wish that was something they they could do yeah um, but I've managed to mitigate that by um, putting it docking it with the TV off so that the screen's still off uh, and it's doing the downloading and then when it gets to yeah. a certain point it just turns it off anyway so idea. that's fine for now but it just means I can't do it remotely which is the big sort of thing for me uh, I want to be able to go oh it's my fancy when I get home is playing this set it to install through the app. And then come home to the game installed like you can with the Switch. But you know, when a new game comes out, for example. Um, but anyway, a uh, couple of little issues. One issue. I've got one issue, uh, and it's not. It's it's an issue because I'm, I'm very excited when I saw on Reddit that you can now turn on the Steam Deck OLED using an Xbox controller uh, or any sort of Bluetooth controller. Apparently, won't work with me. I've heard, I've seen reports of people on Reddit saying, "Oh, it's too sensitive." My um, I open my AirPod case and my Steam Deck turns on in, in you know across the room, or I'll I'll lock my mouse and my Steam Deck will turn on. And I was like, oh okay, well luckily for me it's just going to be I have to turn the controller on. Cannot get it to work whether it's plugged in, not plugged in, anything. Holding down the button on the Xbox just makes the Xbox oh. controller flash and nothing else happens. My, you know, I've had that problem with Xbox controllers in general, like where like I just can't like sometimes it. I haven't tried it with my OLED deck with my mm. original deck. I would connect it and it would it would like the deck would recognize the controller and then when I would try to connect it it would flash and it would just like disconnect. And, okay. So I've but never like, had that PlayStation issue. controllers, Nintendo controllers work. Maybe I'll try other controllers for this but but the Xbox controller is the one that I use so I'd like that to be able to work cuz I generally at the moment I'm using my Steam Deck a lot as a console. You know, I come home, yeah. I turn it on, my P- I turn my PC on and I'll and I'll you know um sort it out that way. You know, I'll play games through Moonlight or um play games on the tv or whatever um and it'd be nice just to take that one extra step it's obviously minor but you know it would be yeah. nice uh the you new might, case has you, no might little... try, you might try a playstation controller and then maybe do you have more than one xbox controller i've just got the one series controller i don't own an xbox so it's just my it's my one pc controller okay that I use. So you, okay because yeah. that was going to be my next question is like i wonder if maybe it's having trouble because it's sunk to your pc and your steam deck the pc I is that, it's, that was a problem no, on the PC, it's the, I've got the dongle because my PC doesn't have Bluetooth, so it's, it's the official Xbox dongle. Gotcha. I then double double click the button, swap it over to Bluetooth. Um, when the Steam Deck's on, connects absolutely fine. I just can't turn the Steam Deck on with it. Also, I bought a new pair of headphones. We spoke last week about um, set of headphones I wanted to get. No, earlier this week, whenever I got them, great. They just can't turn the system on. Fine, not a huge problem. It'll just be nice. What I might try doing is actually is I realize I'm on stable now, not not a preview or or beta. Oh yeah, maybe do that. So, 
might do that. But um, there we go. I'm pretty sure it was in stable. Uh, uh, there's no lifting tab in the new case, which was weird. The new the new case just feels a little bit odd. Like it's the same, but the the white zip tabs um, and the lack of a little thing that you lift up uh, threw me off. But fine, whatever. Um, and the last thing, I really need the, the Moonlight Linux guys to hurry up and add HDR support to the flat pack for it because I'm going to be doing a lot of streaming and it'd be nice to be able to sort of stream games in HDR directly to the thing or through the TV or anything like that. Um, I noticed in Resident Evil 4, like, you know, when you get the, you're in a very dark room, but there's like lines of black, like where it's different yes. shades. Yeah. I'm just noticing a lot of that. So, um, yeah, I was hoping that the HDR be enabled is in the Windows version. So I could try running it through Lutris or or Bottles or whatever the hell, one of those things. But um, I just like the simplicity of downloading the flat pack and updating it from there. So yeah. fingers crossed with the OLED deck, it's a feature they prioritize now going forward. Uh, It'll probably uh, come sooner than later, right? I mean, the, the yeah, fact that the yeah, OLED yeah. deck is kind of the new standard, you got to imagine that that's a You'd hope so, yeah. Gonna work so on. yeah, that's, that's my impressions of the OLED deck. I love it, and I'm really looking forward to playing more games with it. Um, you know, playing games natively, playing games streaming, sort of, you know, really, really looking forward to that. Um, I think I still really would like them to do a, a, a Steam controller too. Um, I actually had a dream last night because I was excited about this arriving that they made a Steam controller too. But instead of it being like a smaller <laughs> Steam, it was a full Steam Deck, um, and it was like the Wii U gamepad. So yeah. you could like you could it was just a second <laughs> Steam Deck that you bought that you used to control your Steam Deck. Um, PlayStation actually, Portal. Yeah, 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 exactly. But now I think about it. Imagine DS emulation where you've got like the massive screen on your TV and the touchscreen. Could be know, good. Or just Wii U emulation. Yeah, Could be good. They should make, yeah, they should make a Steam Deck portal or a Valve portal. Hello, hello us. Um, <laughs> for, for, for that. So, yes, that's Steam Deck OLED. Um, tack this onto last week's episode if you really want to hear all three of our impressions separately. But, um, but there you go. You got it. We nailed it. You had to come in and bring up the rear, you know? Always do. Especially, always when, Steve, do. especially when Steve's on. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you guys for joining us here in another episode of the Steam Deck Podcast. Remember, if you want to get involved with the community, if you want to go and show your support, check out our sister shows. Uh, or just come and you know get your thoughts right on the air in the show by writing in or joining the Discord. You can do all that and much more by heading over to our website, flipscreen.games. Go over there, click on some stuff, show your support, however you choose to get involved. Thank you guys for joining us here on another episode of the Steam Deck Podcast. For the crew, I've been Pete. He's been Max. We'll see you next week. Ta-ra. Ta-ra, indeed.